A lot of people talk about the transformation I've gone through physically, as well as in my energetic body the last year. And for me, a huge part of that has come from the release of emotional weight that I've held on to for years. And what has provided me the safe space to be present with, you know, the deep grief in my body, the resounding anger and, and sadness and fear and all the things of emotion I've pent up in my body for years has been some tools like plant medicine. Welcome to the Audacious Founder Podcast. This is a podcast for entrepreneurial women. It's going to help you build confidence, obliterate mental blocks, gain knowledge, and harness the audacity to start your business, grow your business, or just start living your life with a whole lot more fucking audacity than you have been. My name's Melissa Manning. I've founded and co-founded more than 13 businesses in 10 years, and I've got more than 45,000 hours of business operating experience that I want to share with you. And I am here to A, learn more because we're never effing done, and B, get you to a new level. Welcome to the Audacious Founder Podcast. My name is Melissa Manning and I am your host. Today, I am joined by Stephanie Houle. She is a creative leader with a focus in product design and she's the founder of City in the Playa where she focuses on coaching, workshops, and wellness retreats to help others find their authentic truth and unlock their true self-expression. She's a good friend of mine that I've now known for years. So thank you so much for being here, Steph. It's so good to see you. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here with you, Mel. <laughs> so this is the first time that we're actually going to talk in depth about a lot of this stuff. Actually, Stephanie and a couple of the ladies and I meet, well, we try to meet regularly, regularly, which is a word that I can never say properly. Steph and I haven't actually like dove in together directly to talk about all the things that we're going to talk about today. So I am very excited about this. Why don't you just first introduce City in the Playa? Great. So City in the Playa um, is named after my transformation, which is really moving from New York City to Playa del Carmen, Mexico during the pandemic. Um, and I'm now at one year into that move. Um, but really, it's a coaching business about transformation. So a lot of my journey has been really connecting to uh, unlocking my voice, understanding what my higher truth is, understanding what self-expression looks like for me. And really, I believe the life, our life path is about the unfolding of ourselves to ourselves. Hmm. So for me, my journey has been about like that experience, how I experience myself in this life. And in the shifting of that, I re-experience others. You know, they say when you change, the world changes. Um, so and true. so- yeah, right. And I aim to just really be an example uh, for others on similar paths that are looking for more of a guide and that resonate with my story. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's really the work I'm out to do, whether it's workshops, coaching, uh, retreats, all of the things. It's really been lighting me up these days, and I'm excited to continue to grow in my truth. I love the word that you used, unfolding. Yeah. Yeah that our life, how did you say it? We are unfolding to ourselves or something like that. Yeah, like life is about the unfolding of ourselves to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like 
not not so much evolving almost like an unwrapping yeah you know how they say the present is a gift but it's like an (laughs) unwrapping of ourselves to ourselves it's true I mean for me too I resonate hard with that because I just feel like the older I get the more I do get to know myself and the more I can stand in sort of the the power of whatever it is I want whatever it is I enjoy so it is it's an unfolding I love that Cool. Yeah. Before we got on here, we were talking about, I mean, one of your main things is helping people figure out their own self-expression, figure out how to express themselves more freedom. Um, And then when we're talking about business, a lot of that is related to like, who are you here to serve and how can you serve people if you haven't figured out really who you are or what your own gifts are? Um, Owning your power in business, women, we were talking about women as caretakers. So, and the myth of the independent women, woman, why is all of this important? Why is it important that we understand that we need to be able to ask for help? Yeah, great, great question. Um, so for me, my reluctance to ask for help came a lot from a sense of, I didn't want to be a burden to others or bother others or uh, you know, I, I felt like I, I could just do it all myself. And because I didn't want to, um, you know, get in the way and I thought I could do it myself. And in, in a lot of ways, like a lot of women can do things by themselves, but it's like, at what cost, you know, am I burning myself out? Could I, could I live a more expanded life if I could just make a few more requests? Right. And yeah. so, yeah, I, I just do believe that, you know, often um, women, I think, especially, by nature and by conditioning, we tend to be caretakers. And so I've just found that a lot of my life, I just went into that mode. Um, Some of it was my upbringing where I was sort of um, led to believe that maybe my wants and needs didn't matter, couldn't matter. There just wasn't space for me in my my childhood to be completely me and fully expressed. Um, and in, in, in a fully supported, loving environment, even though that was the will of those around me. Um, but what I found through adulthood is like, that's made me really strong and independent and all the things. Um, but really, uh, at what cost it's burned me out. It's made me actually not really understand that true self-expression and truth of like, who am I, what's going to really resonate with me and light me up. Mm. And when I'm in touch with that, I'm just so much more potent and powerful. My impact is so much greater, but because it's like, I just went right into caretaking mode or like, oh, let me just hide or dismiss myself, or I can just handle it by myself. Um, I found that a lot of my actions, they, they were, they were very neutral or even depleting, but I wasn't really understanding, well, what would light me up? What would bring me joy? You know, who I really am I really, why am I here? You know? And, and when, what, what I've seen on my journey is the more I've been able to tap into that, the more powerful I'm able to be in my day-to-day, in the enjoyment of my life, and in the work that I do. Hmm. Like one thing that you just said made me think about, for me, a lot of times, independence, because I'm the same way. Like I've always been very independent. I'm always like, okay, you don't want to, like, I think in the beginning, maybe I started asking for help. And then as soon as people started saying no, I, or there was a point in my life where I decided I made the decision that I'm on my own. 
-hmm. right? There was a, a part in my life as a child where I was just like, okay, I'm on my own. Everything I want, everything I need, I have to do it myself. And it was at that point that, yeah, I, I just stopped asking for help. And that has been now a habit for me. And I realized as you were speaking that something that kind of goes hand in hand in that or has is guardedness. So like I, some people say it's like, you know, you put a wall up or some people can say, maybe they say it's like a thicker skin, right? You don't, you're not as vulnerable with people. You don't, um, you know, put that wall down with people, but I think for me, yeah, it's it that independence has prevented me from connecting with people a lot in my life. You know, I think yeah. it's prevented me from having stable, solid, reliable friendships, stable, solid, reliable, romantic relationships. Yeah. Um, why, why else do you think, and, and actually maybe it's just a redundant question, but like, why else do you think it's really important for us to kind of look at our independence and sort of analyze it and see if it's really benefiting us, if it's working in our favor or if it's kind of holding us back? Yeah, yeah, great question. Well, uh, on my own path uh, of healing myself, um, <laughs> I've, I've come to... Uh, yeah, I've come to understand that a lot about our life is about our own energetics hmm. and, um, you know, really the energy in which we do anything matters the most, like the space in which it comes from. So if you do the same action, but you have a certain um, story you're telling yourself about it or a negative frequency going into it, that's going to be amplified through that action. And the same way goes for positive things. So what I found in that independence you're talking about, sometimes it would be coming from a space of um, anger, dismay, worry, um, a sense resentment. of resentment, resentment. Yeah, resentment. Why do I, why do I got to do this? There's no other way. I can count on nobody else. Everyone's going to let me down. You know, yeah. that's something I realized more recently about myself as well. Like. First of all, I'm a lot more comfortable in one-on-one -on -one dynamics. I don't really feel um, connected and safe in groups, like to mm. hold me. Um, I, you know, in the same capacity, like I, I'm, I can be the life of the party, but in terms of what I really relish in is those deep, safe um, conversations versus like many eyes watching and, you know, maybe not true alignment with the group, but what I also noticed is like, I was in a space, like for instance, my birthday's tomorrow. <gasps> Happy uh, birthday. Thank you. <laughs> and a lot of my life, I'm like on my birthday, I just want to spend it alone. You know, huh. um, I'm just going to be reflective. And you know why I did that? Cause I wasn't willing to let anybody potentially let me down. Uh, on my I birthday. feel that so hard. Cause I, I literally just made a little like silly reel um, and, and my caption was that, that I used to have so much anxiety, even on my birthdays. Like I didn't want to have birthday parties because I was so afraid that nobody would show up, but that would just confirm, you know, that nobody was there for me. And, and, but same thing, like, I didn't want to have a party because I didn't want to be let down. Yeah. Yeah. There was that. So there's that aspect. And then the second is, um, like, 
it's just my birthday. No one cares about my birthday. Um, who am I to want to be the center of attention, mm. you know, and wanting to hide and be like, it's insignificant. It only matters to me. Let me just go hide and, and just be alone and be reflective. And then just say it's emo because I don't want to um, risk people letting me down risk what you've said about yeah. people not showing up and just really reaffirming some of these stories about myself. Mm -hmm. But so you're not doing that this year. No, this is the first year where I am going all out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Next year I'm going to be there. Yay. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, yeah. just say, because I'm, I'm sure everybody now is so curious about what you're doing. You're having a, like a big, bash, right? You're doing something big. Yeah. So what are you doing? Yeah. So doing a couple things. Uh, the first thing is tonight on the eve of my birthday, um, I'm going into a small plant medicine ceremony in the jungle. A couple of close friends are going to join me. Uh, during the ceremony, we stay up all night around the fire and then um, it will lead into the next day of sort of integrating the medicine. And really they say through this process, you become reborn. And so I look forward to doing that of waking up reborn on my birthday, Ooh, essentially. Oh, that gave me chills. <laughs> yeah. And then um, next Saturday, I am hosting a rooftop party here in Playa del Carmen. I've um, hired three DJs to perform. Oh, I'm flying two in from Guanajuato and one in from Mexico City, one in from Tulum. Uh, okay. The party will go to 3 a.m. at the venue and then we're going to have an after party. So we'll have like shuttles and transport to a private. Oh, my God, this is gigantic. Okay. Yeah, like I'm owning it. You know, I'm turning 35 yeah. and I realize, you know, a lot of my other friends, like I've been there for them for the bridal showers through the their birthday parties when those friends would wear the crown and strut around, you know, Atlantic yeah. City or whatever. I've been there for the baby showers, all the things. And, you know, I've hit 35 and I've never once had my own birthday party like that. And I've, I haven't done all the things. So I'm like, I don't need to wait for those things to occur for me if, and when they do, I want to celebrate my life and also my journey and the connections I've made along the way. I feel like that is so audacious. You know, to like, but, but the, the um, scale to which you're doing it, you know, most of us are like, okay, sure. I'll have a party. Let's just like go out for dinner. Let's keep it calm. Let's keep it chill. You're like, no, I'm celebrating my life as big as I can imagine right now. I'm flying DJs in. There's no limit. You know, yeah. that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> like so many, I just, that reminds me about the boundaries that we have for ourselves about what's possible. Like it never even occurred to me before in my life that I could be like, oh, let me fly in D a DJ. Like that was never something that even crossed my mind, you know? Mm -hmm. And you just, you just like <laughs> blasted that boundary out of my head. <laughs> now forever, <laughs> I'll be like, okay, if I really want to go big, I'll fly in a DJ, you know? And then what? there's even more of that. Like you can go even bigger than that. Next yeah. year, I'm going to charter like a huge cruise ship, <laughs> something like, you know? That's what's up? But that's yeah. audacious. That's being like, this is how much I'm, I love myself this much. There's no limitation. You know, I am worth all of this. Yes. And, and I know that everybody around me is going to want in because I'm that awesome, you know, and yes. because they want to celebrate me too. Like that's, that's such a better place to live in. 1000%. Mm -hmm. And it's taken a lot of work 
to be there for myself, you know? Um, and, you know, that's definitely the process I aim to guide people through. Um, yeah. uh, but like really just owning it completely. Like, you know how uh, Eduardo uh, from Fearless Communicators, uh, I remember his speech that one time that was go big or go home, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I just think like anything you're thinking of as an idea, what would be like a next level expansion of that? Right. And make it bigger times yeah. it by 10. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like with acting the yes and exercise, it's like, yeah. let's have some music. Yeah, let's maybe have some live music. Oh, let's maybe pick the artists and bring them. <laughs> oh, I love that. I haven't done that exercise maybe since like middle school. Did we do that in Fearless? We must have, I feel. That's a good exercise. I like that. Forgot about that. I'm writing it down. Um, so you didn't say that it was ayahuasca no. that you're going to do tonight into tomorrow, but you mentioned that you, you've done it five times. This will be the fifth time. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why have you done it so many times? I want to do it, by the way. So yeah, I'm like on board with some ayahuasca. Yeah. Yeah. So the first time I ever did it was last July. Um, so this will complete my first year um, experiencing plant medicine. And the thing is, a lot of people have it as a milestone on a bucket list. Yeah, right? that's how I have it. Change so when that. we do that, for me, I think that's like we treat our life a little bit like an amusement park, you know, and for me, like ayahuasca and plant medicine, it's incredibly spiritual, right? And so the medicine, they say, will call you. You mm -hmm. can feel it. Like as, as you become open in your field, it will start to resonate with you more. However, it's a very serious process. It's not something to take lightly. There's a special diet to follow. I've been working on my energetics all week, a lot of prayer, you know, things that used to maybe make me uncomfortable at times when I was in my journey with spirituality of, of shame and a sense of God in a certain way. Yeah. And through the growth, I've just like really connected that, you know, plants are incredibly powerful. Um, and really here I've seen such um, amazing nature. Like, you know, I just went scuba diving for the first time this weekend. Um, and the things you see in, um, you know, underwater. I mean, it's like alien life. Oh, it's know? another world. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so the thing is, is like, who are we to say and who are we to know? Um, like essentially, like, I think the Western world so much thinks of plants of like, oh, they're just plants. Um, but plants are incredibly powerful. And um, the magic that they hold for us is uh, beyond comprehension. And so these uh, tools through plant medicine are ways to open up your senses, what is possible for yourself. So, you know, when I think about spirituality, like we're really limited to the confines of the human body. But, you know, if you own an, if, if you have a pet, you might notice like your pet is capable of hearing sounds that you don't hear or seeing things, light frequencies that the human eye might not be able to see. So sometimes when we talk about the human reality and the sense of it, it's really limited to the perceiving of, of us as human beings. So for me, um, on my journey, what I've learned is that every time I've been ready for a plant medicine journey, and it's really come from a resounding hell yes in my body, in my field. It's not like, um, you know, parting in the sense of just consuming um, substances yeah. in, in an addictive way. It's not like that at all. It's incredibly uh, rich and spiritual, but 
each time I've done it, it's opened up my perception of consciousness in, in a deeper way. So it's like an onion unraveling. So every time that I've uh, gone on a new journey, I've received something deeper because my capacity to receive has grown. Hmm. And so, you know, a lot of people talk about the transformation I've gone through physically, as well as in my energetic body the last year. And for me, a huge part of that has come from the release of emotional weight that I've held on to for years. And what has provided me the safe space to be present with, you know, the deep grief in my body, the resounding anger and, and sadness and fear and all the things of emotion I've pent up in my body for years has been some tools like plant medicine. Um, and so on this journey, you know, uh, for my fifth time, I'm, I'm just really looking um, to start this new chapter and year ahead with the messages I'm most meant to receive right now. Would you mind sharing more about your experience the first time you did it? Like what were, was one of the messages you got? I know that like, cause I've watched at least two documentaries about ayahuasca and I know one of them, a woman had a seizure um, and then like people are vomiting and it's not, it's not necessarily pretty. Um, and so like, what was your experience? Like the first time you did it? Mm-hmm. Well, so just to share that, you know, it is a purging process. So one reason you have to follow the special diet is to come in as clean as possible to it and treating your body like a temple. But um, you immediately begin to purge um, what isn't in alignment with your highest healed self, whether it's energetic stuff, like as soon as you begin the journey, it usually starts with rape, which is a, a tobacco um, that has herbs and stuff that's blown up your nose um, to open up your pineal gland. So um, it's administered uh, through a tool by a shaman who works with this medicine and it's blown up your nose. And what that does is it makes you feel like there's no past and no future, but you're incredibly present. Hmm. And um, that presence just makes you feel like a warrior ready for battle, but you're just staring at the fire, ready to confront yourself. Whoa. Um, and sometimes with rape, like, uh, like, like they say, like the energy, it moves the energy in your body. So if you're experiencing fear, you might feel chills up your arms. If you're feeling anxiousness or heat, um, it could be that, you know, you're just not in a state of stillness and want to get up and move or do something and just really be present. Like, what is my body telling me right now about myself? Um, so then uh, oh, moving into, yeah, right. Moving into the ayahuasca part, you know, you like, you should expect to purge and, um, I've gotten, you know, comfortable with that process. Some people might not be, but you know, it's, it, it, it's all about whether this is for you or not. And it's fine if it's not, but, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of love and respect at the ceremonies because everyone has to be very vulnerable, um, and you've got to feel safe. Um, but really like, um, if it's emotional, like sometimes, you know, you'll purge, uh, if it's just something physically in your body. So my first experience, I would say half of the experience, I was maybe a little overwhelmed by the medicine and I was laying down still and it almost felt like a dreamlike state. And, you know, people will go into their sleeping bags and just go inward. 
Um, and for me, like you're still receiving the medicine, like even if you're not having some wild psychedelic vision, you know? Okay. And so for the first half of my first ceremony, I just laid there and my body was just like, um, you know, feeling the medicine. And um, then toward the second half, I just started to really uh, experience um, some of my childhood memories, but I was able to travel back and see things that in my day-to-day life I'd blocked out and or couldn't remember. Really? But really, yeah. like things really. that you had no conscious recollection of. Yeah, yeah. Or just that, you know, you can you can remember in consciousness, but when if I say like, you know, hey, let's go back to fifth grade right now, you know, it okay. might be hard for you to access the images of yourself in fifth grade. But if I showed you the images, you might be like, oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And so that occurred for me with so much of like my childhood stuff where I, they say like, you know, um, when you heal, like what, what's around you heals as well. And so I feel that in, um, my processing of these childhood experiences, I was able to provide more healing for my family. Um, I came back transformed to them and who I was being and they could feel me in new ways. Um, and then the second half was really, really went into a lot of um, big dreaming. Like, you know, when we talk about manifestation, I, I think you do a lot of work with manifestation, right, Mel? Yep. Manifesting yeah. Like, Mel. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Your vision, you know? <laughs> But like, you know, the second half was like really much like once in that moment, I was able to complete stuff with the past that was showing up for me, I was then able to receive the future and the inspiration. So to see images of myself building a home in the jungle or like these inspiring thoughts where it was like, I I call it receiving downloads from my highest self. But sometimes you get a lightning jolt of inspiration and you think, where's this coming from? And for me, it's highly spiritual. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the second half of the ceremony, I started to sort of paint what my future vision of my my life could be. What did you see? Yeah, so uh, there was there was a structure where we were at um, that was something that I'd like to build um, on a property in the jungle and which you're in the process of. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Six months after that, I've actually bought two pieces of land uh, here. About the second one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the first one was actually in January, um, in a place called Shulha, which is like on the lagoon, um, close to Bacalar, uh, an hour or so north of Belize. And then the second one is an acre in Tulum by the lagoon in Tulum. Oh my God, that's amazing! Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. But so in this moment, you had a vision of one of those properties. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was, I was really kind of seeing the energy I wanted to hold and the person I wanted to be and, you know, the partner I wanted to have in my love life and maybe potentially like the family I might create or, you know, and these structures in the jungle and the healing work I wanted to do. And all of this inspiration where before, um, when I'd be like, Hey, like, let me, find the energy of, um, you know, the, the partner I want to call in, it would be very difficult to access like, well, how do we relate? Who do, who do I get to be and show up in that relation? Like, you know, all of the things where it's like sometimes out of reach, it's just dark. You're like, I can't, I don't even know what that looks like for me, you know? Mm -hmm. 
I think that's really important to note is that sometimes we literally have no idea what things look like. And so when we're trying to manifest, that can be something that is a really big challenge. Like same, you know, you're touching on it now, the relationship thing, when you're trying to manifest your partner, you're trying to attract that person that you want to spend your life with. And you have an idea of the qualities, but it's not crystal clear. And, you know, you can picture certain characteristics, you can picture yourself in these images, but sometimes it's really hard to picture, you know, maybe even the face of that person or just like, even, even um, picturing like you interacting with that person. If you've never seen maybe a healthy relationship before, if you've never seen what one might consider to be real love, it might be really hard to even picture those kind of interactions, you know? Mm -hmm. And so how do you manifest what you haven't seen? One, 100%, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, and I think everyone's got to find that for themselves, like what's gonna um, create openness to call in new inspiration. Yeah. Um, and some of that, like for me a lot is like feeling the energy in my body in terms of like how something makes me feel. Just a quick break to remind you that this podcast is made possible because of the Audacious Founder Business Coaching. If you're an entrepreneur looking to build your business bigger and make more of an impact on this world, I am offering you a free 45-minute Audacity session with me. I've been running my own companies for over 10 years and have hit every obstacle there could possibly be, including my city shutting down because of a global pandemic. I know what it feels like to be overwhelmed in your business, to not know which direction to go and to feel stuck. And I know what it feels like to be working so hard but not seeing the progress that you want to see. My coaching is going to help you clarify your vision because over time, our visions tend to get a little foggy. Next, it's going to audacify your goals because most of us are not thinking large enough. And third, this coaching is going to help you reach these new audacious goals faster and more efficiently. This is how audacity coaching works, vision, goals, and strategy. So if you're ready to get motivated and excited about your business again, go ahead and send me an email at hello at audaciousfounder.com. Give me a brief description about what you feel has been holding you back and tell me all of the amazing things you want to achieve. I cannot wait to read these emails. And don't forget to include code podcast to make sure you get your free 45 minute session. Let's get back to the show. Often where we go in life, we're sometimes redirected by the lies that we tell ourselves. So like, I'm fine. It's cool. I like mm. this. We're good. I'm yeah. happy. Right. And so when we take that deeper look and really feel into your body and I was like, oh, well, I said that I was happy with, you know, this interaction or this experience, but in truth, I actually like midway, I was feeling uncomfortable. And I felt this like, you know, like uh, uneasiness in my gut that I ignored and just plowed right through it and said, I was fine. Right. Yep. 
how many times do we do that to ourselves over and over again, where we actually like, it's like that muscle begins to atrophy of like really understanding like, wow, this is who I am. And this is for me, you know, it happens still sometimes, but it used to be completely regular for me in New York. I would be driving and I would realize I'm not breathing. I'm holding my breath all the time. And so really what that is, is like a tension in my stomach. I had this tension in my stomach all the time to the point where I wasn't allowing my stomach and my lungs to expand to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. And like the only way to fix that is to have awareness around it. So if you're not aware of like what's going on in your body, you can't fix things. But so then the result of that for me is like, I'm always out of breath. I'm always like, my heart is always sort of pumping harder because it's not getting enough oxygen, right? I'm not getting oxygen to like the rest of my body. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think that is so important. That's just an example of like how we're always feeling these things and how we've sort of been taught to disconnect ourselves, mind and body. Mm-hmm. Right. And so our body is experiencing things. Our body is communicating with us at all times. You know, you walk into a room and you either, you know, maybe you feel excited, maybe you feel intimidated, maybe you feel, you know, somebody gives you a, a weird look and you, you know, and you feel all of these things in your body, or you, you know, are meeting a friend for, for lunch or for dinner, and your body is telling you something's not right, but you know, your mind is just like, nah not going to pay attention. She's fine. You know, she'd tell me if something were going on, like your body always knows, but we've disconnected ourselves. We've invalidated our bodies. Yeah. Great great points. I love everything you just said. Mm. You know, I think we over glorify the power of the mind Mm -hmm. and we're like out of touch with the power of the body. Like for instance, the gut brain is more powerful than the the physical brain. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and the more and more we care for our bodies, uh, especially through treating them well and right and not abusing them, the more that our bodies serve us back and give us the messages we need to receive for the unfolding of our lives. Um, and you, you talk about breath, but like, I'm someone that I've held my breath, like almost my entire life. I mean, I might be holding it right now. <laughs> um, it's fortunate. I don't really, I've never really passed out in public or anything, but Same. Those, not yet. Anyways, yeah, right? those shallow breaths, like, yeah, I feel like we're just like, and part of that for me was like a sense of wanting to hide. Like that's been huh. a big in my life. Um, of like, just, uh, I don't want to be seen. I don't, I, you know, and it's like, I'd rather just hide because I don't want attention on me. I feel unworthy. Um, I feel like, you know, somebody's going to discover something wrong and it's going to be all my fault or, um, you know, I'm bad or whatever it is. Like, and a lot of these are like the childhood messages that get so deeply imprinted in you. Right. Um, and so I've actually been doing a lot of work with healers around breath work. Um, and, you know, going to breath work, um, uh, workshops and such. And a lot of that is you can actually use the breath and, and taking it really deep into the lungs or, um, into even the, um, pelvis or down into the feet and feel grounded. And you can even use the breath to make you feel like, um, even like psychedelic experiences, believe Mm -hmm. it or not with enough oxygen, um, but we're just so estranged to that. But really the, the whole, um, they say like all of life is about the breath, you know? I've been talking about this in a couple past episodes, the whole hiding 
thing. I feel like that is a perfect kind of manifestation of confidence is when you can you can walk into a space or show up in a space and just be like, I'm here. Let me be seen. You know, like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm being a little dramatic, but you know what I mean? Like big, we take up space. We're loud. Like we can walk into a space and we can be okay with being the center of attention, even if it's just for a minute. Right. I feel like that is the perfect example of, of confidence, you know, and like, I do agree with you. I think there's like three phases of it. I think the first one is like totally hiding. And then the second one is showing up, but like staying to the side, right. Staying to the outskirts of whatever is happening. Not, not, um, you know, offering your suggestion or your experience, but just being there and listening. Right. And then the third one is no stepping into that center stepping into the center of that circle and being like, no, I'm here. This is what I think. This is what I want. I'm showing up. I'm loud. I'm in your face, you know, and not in an obnoxious way, but just to be in total ownership of who you are and the power that you hold. You know, I think that's like the ultimate goal when it comes to building confidence and, and self-expression and freedom. Self-expression is like you, you're, you're showing up as fully as you possibly can in that moment, you know, um, as authentically as you can. And, and I also agree that like, it is an unfolding. So at any given moment, you're, you may not ever, like, you may not ever be your fullest self. You may not ever be that most expressed or that most authentic version of yourself, because I don't know if that's possible. Mm -hmm. There's always Mm -hmm. more layers, I think. Yeah. But the hiding thing, I think is so important for people to think about, like, where in my life am I hiding? When I go to family events, when I, do I even go to networking events? If I do, do I, do I walk up to people, you know, like at my work, do I speak up in the meetings? Do I tell my boss when something's going on that I am not a fan of? Do Mm -hmm. I speak up when I feel like I could, I could take on this this project or this role, you know, and it's given to somebody else. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's a really important question for us to always be asking, where can I show up more? Yeah. I freaking love that. I love that so much. One of the questions I've been asking myself lately in all interactions, whether it's business, you know, when I'm coaching someone or whether it's, you know, doing business or if it's um, romantically, I say to myself, how do I want to experience myself in this? What do you mean? What does that mean? So the experience of um, who you are and who you're being in those moments, you know, like, are you putting yourself in the other person's shoes? um, Or so I believe everything that we interact with is a reflection of us. Mm -hmm. So the things that we see in these moments, they're mirrors back to us. Hmm. And so you know, I think that it's all about like a reflection of how we see ourselves. Um, And like, you know, how do I really want to own the moment? How do I want to own my presence here? You know, we all have a responsibility and we all have a mission. And, you know, some of us just might be detached from that. But when you think like, you know, am I bringing resentment in? Am I bringing fear into this? And so what I work on with some of my 
is like, we, we right away say, well, like, well, what do we want to call in? You know, what are we calling in right now? And at first that felt foreign to me, but actually in truth, it's like, even in this moment right now, today, what I'm calling in right now is joy, happiness, ease, inspiration, flow, like whatever. And by me declaring that and using the power of my voice, um, you know, perhaps I create an opportunity to experience the day as well as myself in a new way. And frankly, that just was like off the cuff, what's showing up for me right now. But then like, if I reflect that back and then give you the opportunity to say the same, and then like, that's one way that we want to experience ourselves in our day today, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that I do that. Um, the phrase, I don't know why for me, like the way I say it, it either like the the choice of words either hits me or it doesn't and for me I think the the phrase is like who do I want to be in this situation but yeah. I want to make sure that's the same thing right like yeah. if I'm walking into a date right who do I want to be who do I want that person to meet do I want them to meet somebody who's anxious and stressed out and insecure about the outfit they have on or their makeup or the way their hair looks today? Or do I want them to meet somebody who is like uber confident, who knows their worth, who isn't willing to compromise on, you know, the, the kind of treatment that they're um, opening themselves up to? Like, that's the same thing that you're talking about, right? Yeah, 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 okay. absolutely, absolutely. You know, there might be like a tiny little more nuance there, but I'm resonating with what you're saying. So, and and I think it's very smart what you just said, right? Because we all have different words that strike us. Yeah. And it's perfectly fine um, to find the phrases that work for you. Mm. You know, the same way with like mantras, you know, everyone, right. like if I, if I rally off all the mantras that made a difference for me, they may or may not resonate with others, but- mm there are mantras that unlock uh, gates for you and really doing that. Like, I love what you shared Mel there because, you know, in you being your authentic truth and self-expressed um, self, you know, you're, you're checking in with me because you have your own personalized spin on that concept right. and that's beautiful. And, and that's going to make it powerful for you and just you being connected to that and then asserting and sharing and, you know, even making the request and that, then I think it's like, that's how you get to expand as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also think it, it just has to do with understanding, right? Like if we, cause also for me, it's a visual thing. I I'm like painting a picture in my head as an example of this concept so that I can really internalize it, you know, as opposed to maybe sometimes we just listen, but we don't kind of pull it in and translate it into a way that really sticks in our mind or our body. Right. I mm -hmm. think for me, visualization is super important. So like when I visualize something, it's like I'm experiencing it, Yeah, you know, and that's how it sticks for me. Love that. So I was looking at your Instagrams before and there was a post that you had where you were talking about before, mm -hmm. which was you hitting rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And I knew you before. And then, you know, throughout COVID, you had this crazy transformation. You decided to just pick up and move to Mexico, which is like the most exciting thing for me. And then you bought property there, which is like <laughs> literally a hundred cherries on the cake. Um, and so, but I just want to talk about if you're open to it, like what, what did that rock bottom look like? How did you, how did you even know you were in rock bottom? Yeah. 
Great, great question. Well, uh, there were a series of events that led to this moment um, in January of 2021, where I just kind of felt like I'd melted on my bathroom floor and that mm. um, it, it just felt like I didn't think that I could get so low in my life. Um, and it felt like all the oxygen had been sucked out of the room. Um, and I felt completely disconnected from myself from my environment, um, from hope, um, from possibility. Um, and it felt like a really desperate, isolated place to be in. And um, some of the events that led me there were, um, the first was, uh, I would say about three months before COVID hit, um, a six-year relationship that I was in um, living with my partner came to like a screeching halt unexpectedly. Um, and then I thought I was going to be on sort of like my healing from that and all of that. Um, and then the world shut down. And so none of my friends were really available and neither was the world to kind of go out and reintegrate and know myself as a single woman or, you know, kind of take, uh, take, take off the things that the relationship had put on me and rediscover who I was. Right that was missing. Um, and then uh, about six weeks after that, I lost my job. I was uh, furloughed. So uh, I didn't, my, and my family was at a distance. Um, I had to pay double rent in New York City since um, my ex moved out. Then I lost my job and I was on unemployment. Um, and literally I, getting so stressed out, even hearing this. <laughs> yeah, so stressed and, out. <laughs> so I, I would spend my my days uh, walking the reservoir in Central Park, you know, looking at the COVID tents across the oh, way, yeah. thinking like how I was going to make ends meet on unemployment with double rent and student loans and all of the things. And um, just really feeling isolated and helpless. Helpless. Um, yep. That's yeah. yeah. Like disempowered. There, there's no solutions. There's nothing you can do. Right. Everything, Everything is out of your control. Yeah. Totally. That is, like, I think that's the worst feeling. I think that is like the number one worst feeling that has to be the leading cause of depression yeah. is helplessness. Feeling like no matter what you do, no matter what direction you go in, no matter what solution you can come up with, it's not going to fix the problem. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I felt very trapped with no, no path forward. And then, um, so mid-year of 2020, I realized that I'd hit my heaviest weight. Um, I had gained 40 pounds and um, I, it was wild because I wasn't really like eating that differently. In fact, I started making a lot healthier choices. I started exercising and I don't know if it was the stress or that my lifestyle had changed so much, not commuting into the office, not walking around New York city every day, all day. But no matter how hard I tried, um, I couldn't lose any of the weight. And I just felt mm -hmm. like really fat and ugly. And so, you know, I felt broke, fat, ugly, hopeless, isolated, alone, um, with no possibility forward. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. And, um, you know, I'm someone I've actually like struggled with my body image and weight my whole life. Um, a lot of that came from at age 10, I broke my leg and put on weight, but like, um, you know, maybe some of it was genetic, but like, 
you know, I have very early memories of my father, like looking at me in a disgusted way, like being like a chubby kid, you know, and he just, I only saw him at certain cadences and he didn't mean it in a bad way. I think he was just surprised and worried about my health. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of my sense of worthiness and acceptance and approval was really embedded in, in feeling good in my body. And I, I couldn't do that. And I was someone, a lot of people used to say to me in life, oh, you have a very pretty face. Um, and, uh, you know, that message over and over again is hurtful. And so, um, it, it began like mid of 2020, where I was just really started a, a really, really deep healing journey. Um, whether it was through communities, you know, uh, I know our circle started meeting again, Mel and what, other things. What was, but what was that transition? Because I mean, that can go one of two ways, you know, when you are that low, when you are that depressed, I mean, I, I don't know if this was something that you felt. I mean, I felt with COVID, this has to be temporary. This has to be temporary. Just hold on, just hold on. Don't give up, like keep going through it, you know, and eventually it will, you'll come out of it. Right. Is that something that you felt or, I mean, like, cause those are a lot of deep, intense things to be going through deep, intense thoughts, and they can go a much worse direction than they went. So like what, what happened that made you realize, no, this is it. Like I'm fixing this now. Yeah. Great, great question. Uh, well, so much is about mindset, right? So, um, I started just asking for help and, and connecting with community and, um, sitting with myself and really trying to discover then, well, if I don't have my job, this thing that I've been working every day for and giving my all if it's not there for me right now. And if I'm, I was trying to like land a new job at the time. Um, but I was like, I realized when I could just make bare minimum work. And while I was like in the space of like, I don't know when I'm going to get a job again. And fortunately with unemployment in New York city during that time, there was like a little bit of extra money, um, given out by the government. And, um, I could just pay my rent and feed myself enough. Okay. Um, and so with that, I realized my, I've been working since age 14, um, you know, that strong independent, like I had to just meet my needs back then, even in in high school. Um, and so I realized like, well, this is the first time in my life where I don't have to work and, you know, I'm even trying and I can't. So if that's the space, then let me reframe this for myself and let me make every day about a love affair with me and, and really falling back in love with myself. Mm, um, I love that so much. I yeah. love that so much. Oh my God. But, but I, I think that's so audacious. That is just, I think that's lucky also that you were able to have that mindset yeah. or, or that, you know, all of the experiences of you've, you've had have, have culminated into creating that mindset for you, because that's a scary place to be. Like, I know what that feels like. I've been in places like that. I don't know. I never want to say that I can't go any lower because the the universe will surprise you when you say things like that. (laughs) So I don't want to say that, but I've been 
I've had some low points. And when you get to those low points, it's like you kind of have a fork. It's like you either go left and you just quit everything. You quit life. Or you're just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go all out and I'm going to do like everything I can. And I'm going to like run through walls and I'm going to make it happen. Right. It's like, you can go either of those directions. And, and I think that when we're able to choose the direction where we're just like, I'm going to make it happen. That's just very lucky. Mm -hmm. And, um, it takes a lot of courage to do that. It's very powerful, right? It's like, you're, you're bouncing back with so much momentum because you've seen the other alternative and that's not going to work. So yeah. Now this is the only thing we can do. Exactly. I mean, when we talk about rock bottom, like for me in those moments, like, I mean, it was kind of equivalent to death. Like, you know, there was nothing I was like receiving uh, that was familiar to me in my life anymore Mm -hmm. in terms of my relationships, my interactions, my sense of myself, all the things. And I hit this point and, you know, um, I I just had to make a choice then what was like, well, for me, um, if this doesn't feel good, then every day, can I stand in the space of exploration of like, well, what might feel good? Hmm. Um, And then just sitting still, you know, getting more into meditation, um, seeing who was showing up, um, inspiring me potentially that where my curiosity was being led, who was coming to me with requests. And I was just receiving and accepting the requests And also being in a space of like, you know, they say every great great quest starts with a question. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like part of it was like, well, who am I really now that none of this is for me anymore? When I first started the podcast in January, my question was that, like, who am I? When we have layered ourselves in all of these titles or labels or definitions, you know, and then they fall away we're like literally standing there naked and we're like, well, who the hell am I now that all of this doesn't exist now that I'm not this person's girlfriend or this person's wife or this person's mother or this person, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. So I think that's a really powerful question. Yeah. 1000%. Um, The last thing I didn't mention about my rock bottom that I had gone through was uh, really bad skin issues. Um, so I've, I've, I'm someone that I have like, I have eczema and I've mm. struggled with it my whole life and it ebbs and flows with its severity. But for some reason, like after the breakup, I emerged in January with these really severe face rashes, um, almost even like a liquid under my skin, like a swollenness. And I was just puffy all the time and I makeup couldn't hide it. And, you know, I was job hunting and having to be on camera all day. And I just felt so much shame and more wanting to hide. And um, I went to the doctors, I went to the derm and no one could help me. Um, And it was just beyond, it was more metaphysical and spiritual. And I tried all the creams and ointments and everything. And so then I started to get really deep into acupuncture and I felt like I was suffering so much in my skin that I was like, well, you know, this is the point where, you know, Stephanie, you need to be your, your own, the own mother you never had, you know, like, and my mom's great in many ways, but in some ways she just wasn't able to be there for me. And so what I say to ourselves is like, you know, what I call in through my coaching work, like your higher self, your higher self often has to step in and be the parent you've never had to your inner child. 
And so having the courage to take that responsibility and then to say, all right, we're going to get you better now. Yeah. And uh, for me, that path was like, I went started going weekly to acupuncture and it was such a marginal shift every week, but all the weeks added up. Um, and then I started getting deeper on my healing journey in terms of what I was being drawn to, what was being o- opened up for me. And then that commitment to myself through that process. That's so empowering too, and powerful to like you go to the doctor, right? The doctor who's supposed to know everything. They're supposed to have the answers. That's what we've been told, right? That's mm-hmm. why you, that's why the doctor gets paid so much money and they go to so much schooling because they are the omniscient when it comes to our bodies, right? But I've always felt like I know my body better. Yes. You know, I never, and, and it does really feel like whenever I go to the doctor, they give me some kind of generic solution that doesn't really solve the problem. And then I come home and I find alternative methods and I solve it myself. But I think that that is so empowering when you can take control over your body and you mm-hmm. can be like, no, I can take care of you. You can take care of yourself. The body knows. Uh, on the last episode I did with the pelvic uh, floor therapist, she said that the body is always trying to heal itself. And that is so true. Like the body doesn't want to be inflamed. The body doesn't want to have rashes on the face, right? So it's our job to figure out why is this happening? And then to go one by one through all of those things to try to solve it, you know, just, Mm -hmm. okay, did this, you know, came up with a solution for that. That didn't fix it On to the next one. And acupuncture Oh, I love acupuncture. I love Chinese medicine. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just going to say that to what yeah. you were saying, Mel, because like, it's often about philosophy, right? So mm-hmm. in the Western world, there's Western medicine and in the Eastern world, there's Eastern and, you know, the Western world so much is about treating the symptoms. Mm-hmm. You know, I have this mm-hmm. problem, fix it, make the problem go away versus what's causing the problem. Yep. Let's go deeper and treat the cause. So in Western medicine, we often get into this reaction response versus reaction response cycle where it's like, oh, well, I have face rashes. So let me put all these steroids on and then thin the skin. And then, then I have to deal, you know, you see with pharmaceuticals, all the constant side effects, Mm -hmm. right. And, um, with Eastern medicine, it's not so instant. Um, it doesn't just put the bandaid on and make us appear like things are better. It takes time and depth, but, um, you're not going to have often as much, um, you know, uh, similar reactions, um, right. It's not going to come back. Yeah. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. There is a place in time for Western medicine. Absolutely. But there also is Eastern. And I think we're misguided to believe that Western medicine is the only medicine that there is, that it's the best and the only way to help us. And I'm someone who I've been into alternative health my entire life. Um, and it's served me, Um, But the healers I work with today, they say a lot that almost all illness in the body is a a product of our emotional health. Mm. So if you can, if you can really touch the emotions and the emotional body and heal that, then it will manifest outward. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I'm a big believer in that. But what you said earlier really resonated with me as well around, you know, we say that this person outside of us will give us our truth, like the doctor, just going to heal us. No, exactly. Especially when they see us for like five minutes and what they have, just, you know, and certainly like they see a lot of patients and some things might fit into a formula and Mm -hmm. some things just don't. 
And so really acknowledging to yourself that you're the expert on you. There's no Mm -hmm. one that knows more than you of of what's for you. And also trusting your body, you know, like trusting that when you have a pain here or you have like a rash here that that it's alerting you to something like listening to your body. You know, it's like, we don't even listen. We see this symptom. We go to the doctor, we listen to what they have to say, but we never take a minute to be like, okay, what the heck is going on in my life that could be causing this? Whether it's like, it could be environmental, like it could be allergies, you know what I mean? Or it could be emotional, but it's like a lot of times we don't even take that moment to like sit with ourselves and be like, what the heck am I going through right now? What's, what is my body trying to tell me? Right. 1000%. I have an example. Um, recently I would say over the last year, I, I was experiencing some hair loss, mm. um, to a point where I like held my hair and it was just the tiniest little like ponytail ever. And it was like coming out in clumps in my brush. And, um, I didn't know if it was stress related or hormonal or all these things. Um, and, uh, recently I went to the acupuncturist and I had some blood taken to really see how my hormones were, how my vitamins, everything. And that's something I don't think that we as a collective do enough. Yeah. And so what came back was we found that I was like pretty severely low iron and that was a product of my diet. I don't need a lot of red meat and like, you know, uh, some of the green leafy vegetable and all that stuff. Like sometimes here in Mexico, they don't have some of the things that I might need for that. And I just you know, relatively speaking, felt healthy, all other things considering, and, you know, low iron can result in hair loss. Yeah. And so, you know, if I just experienced the hair loss and then went on some crazy drugs to just start, you know, regrowing hair, it's like, I wouldn't have solved the iron deficiency. And then I might have side effects from that versus actually sitting with my body and say like, well, what's going on right now? And so I've also started um, taking a really good collagen. You can see I I have actually a lot that's been growing (laughs) uh, back. Um, Yeah, it's like a whole little baby. You got a little baby Afro going on up there (laughs) now that you mention it. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And I feel really blessed for that journey because I I did feel really scared in the beginning. I was like, wow. That is a really traumatic thing. I'm like, am I going to, you know, how am I going to feel about myself? Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it, and then just saying like, well, like, like life has presented this problem to get me to go deeper and to learn how to love myself in a new way. Yeah. And I truly believe our problems and our triggers are our biggest blessings. Uh, they're the path to deeply know ourselves. That's actually something that I was going to ask you and I forgot. So I'm glad that you brought it up again is like, how do you think hitting rock bottom? Like, do you look at it now and you say that was a blessing? Oh, hell yeah. Hell Mm -hmm. yeah. If, if I didn't go that far, I wouldn't have had the wake up jolt to say, you know what, Steph, I know you love New York city. You've been living here 12 years and you thought you'd live nowhere else your whole life. But like, is this really still serving you right now? You know, all the things like until we're really confronted, um, some, some of us will keep lying to ourselves or not even looking. It's so much easier to lie to ourselves. Yeah, totally. Or we think it is. We think we have a lie that tells us it's easier to lie to ourselves. But actually, what was that journey like? So I, I don't remember. I think this is what I think I remember that you didn't move there right away. You just like went on a trip that was kind of open ended. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Well, actually, so the first trip was a little time bound. So um, okay. what had occurred, like I hadn't been back to Mexico for a couple of years. Um, it was actually a place where my ex and I would go together I was ask, yes. <laughs> and we even had hoped to move to here together. So, um, Ooh, but I love that though. I love <laughs> because, oh, cause sometimes like we'll create these dreams with somebody else and then that person will exit the picture. And sometimes we think we can't have that dream because if they're, because it's also their dream, right? So we can't do that thing if they're not a part of it too. It's not just our dream. We can't be, we can't have the audacity to like claim that dream as our own. Yeah. Right. So you did. Yeah. Well, the thing too about it was like, he inspired me and woke that dream up in me. Um, and so in the beginning, a lot of my relationships to Mexico was really kind of, um, related to him. And, um, even when we broke up, he actually went to Mexico. So, um, at the time I just doubled down on New York and I was Mm -hmm. like, that is out of my field. That's no longer a possibility. And then that's also when that downward spiral continued. And then, um, when I hit that rock bottom, actually, someone that we both know, Deb, our uh, love stage Deb. mom, love yes. Deb so much. And Deb started a, a business that was called, that's called Big Life Magic. Yeah. And in her emerging of Big Life Magic, she started to really, she was one of the um, healers that showed up in my field. So uh, Deb started working with me after the break breakup and we started doing um card readings where I was getting spiritual guidance and in one of them she said that the, the the reading was Steph you need to go down the magical path through the enchanted forest and I was like what is he talking about but and, you knew <laughs> did you know I at that point I was like this is enchanting this sounds cool like but you, you know, did, it, was, it didn't like oh, it wasn't it a clear message necessarily Right. And that first began like December of 2019. That was when that was showing up. And then, you know, Deb and I, we actually did, she did a writing class that summer, which was on your love story. And so I got to really write out a lot of my grief from my breakup through that. And so I, I did so much healing there. And then come January, when I hit that rock bottom, though, where it just was like kept spiraling down, um, it turned out that a few weeks later, Deb was like, Hey, um, Steph, I'm living in Barbados now, but I'm going to hop over to first Mazunte in Oaxaca in Mexico. And then she was like, actually, I'm going to be in Playa del Carmen. And I hadn't been to Playa del Carmen since my last trip with my ex. So there was like a lot of energy. And I was like, you know what? Um, I'm trapped in New York City. I'm terrified to get on an airplane. I was like, just not even imagining leaving my home, let alone getting on, leaving the country at that point. But she was there for me. And she was a woman alone going through Mexico. And I was like, wow, well, I really need some of this healing. I need a break from the city. And so I decided in March of 2021 to take a 10-day trip to Mexico, work remote a few days, have some time off for me. I got my own hotel room, met up with Deb a few times. She did some healings for me in person as well. And then that month, she actually taught a course on the moon that I was part of that cohort and using the energy of the moon to manifest. Mm. And that changed my life. Like, but what started, were you manifesting in that, in well, that workshop? So it's about every month you can really use the new moon to make your declaration. So it unlocked us to our power. Yeah. Um, and so that 
that, that month I actually um, stepped in the space of like, I want to call in the love of my life. Okay. And um, I had these really amazing moments, those two weeks of like swimming in the ocean at night under the full moon and, uh, you know, just going, going down the magical path, Mm -hmm. all the things. And I really fell back in love with myself uh, that month and possibility and um, when I got back to New York, you know, I had been talking to Deb during the time and she's like, you know, Seth, you could just try to be a digital mo- nomad for a few weeks or do this or that, because I didn't want to go back. Right. And, um, so I, I put my apartment up for sublet and I came back and, um, in Mexico, you can come in as a foreigner and have a six month stay. And then you just need to cross a border and then they'll give you another six months. So initially I came in with that intention um, and I rented an apartment and, uh, you know, had my sublet in New York um, and they basically, well, I had to find another sublet from afar during that process when they decided to move out, but I just stayed in the space of like creation and I placed someone in the space and then, um, And then there was a program in Mexico where had you been here before and you overstayed that six month visa, you could apply for four year residency with the government as a special policy. So I did that in November and I got my four year residency. Oh my God. Okay. Amazing. And then uh, I realized then when my lease in New York came to an end in December, that it was time um, to just let go. And that I was in the space of like, am I ready to let go of like the best apartment I've ever had in New York city? Um, you know, am I ready to let that go because it's no longer for me right now, uh-huh. uh, as well as all the memories I had had there and releasing that and knowing that this is not the best it's going to be for me. I know it's going to be far greater and better, and I'm going to create that for myself, but I do need to release what's not for me. Mm-hmm. And so I went back in uh, February, let go of my lease and uh, yeah, back here. So how much longer do you have? in Mexico on that four-year residency? Um, well, I would say probably three years and uh, okay. five months or something like that. Okay. And and have you thought about what's going to happen after that? Or that's not even, you're just in a state of creation, whatever happened, you know, everything's going to work itself out. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm told the process to go from temporary to permanent resident is quite simple. So it's just an application at that point after four years, and then I'll be a permanent That's resident. Amazing. Yeah. That's so nice of Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> Compared nice. to here. Right. So welcome. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to pay somebody to marry you. That's nice. Exactly. Exactly. Damn it. Whoa. <laughs> wow. See? Possibilities. <laughs> I didn't even know. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And just being in that question, because the the messages and answers and guidance came to me through the people I met and, uh, you know, what was coming, I, I say like showing up in my field, but it's also like the consciousness that you hold and what you're willing to accept and receive. So lately, one of my mantras is, is I receive with love. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, here, like I've gone to like, uh, different ceremonies. And sometimes when we pass things around, like cacao, for instance, we say, I give with love mm-hmm. and then I receive with love. And right now, like I'm really standing today in the possibility. And for this ceremony, I'm going in tonight of like the expansion of, of my ability to receive. Um, and I truly believe, and I've done some work on this, that especially women that our, our power is in our ability to receive. 
And when I think it's not just receiving the physical, it's receiving the messages and guidance and allowing what's in my field to resonate and, you know, deeply penetrate me in a way that's going to expand me to my highest good. Mm. I have a tattoo that says, listen, Oh, but I think that's just a synonym for receive. Because yes. when I got that tattoo, it was listen to the universe, listen to the signs, receive the messages, you know, that's what that meaning was for me. So it's literally a synonym for what you're talking about. I love that so much. Yeah. I love, like they say that the quieter you become, the more you can hear. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, it might've been Wayne Dyer that said that someone, but um, I love that. And I truly believe that when we say, listen, it's like mostly, and especially how am I listening to myself? Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. And we take that for granted now, especially like with social media, all of these things that we don't listen. There's so much distraction that we don't listen to ourselves. Yeah. That's why yeah. so many people are unhappy. Unhappy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that the best thing everyone could do for themselves today is just think, you know, how do I get deeper in touch with myself? How do I fall back in love with myself? How do I listen to, to myself? Um, and then allow the wisdom of my body to guide me um, to receive the messages I need to receive to um, allow the unfolding of my truth. You should record mantras. <laughs> Maybe I will. I'm I do serious. have meditations actually uh, yeah. that I've recorded. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, send send me the links to them, and I can put them in the show notes. Okay, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, but you should definitely record. Well, I guess, I mean, you know, mantras is like a guided meditation, right? So mm -hmm. something that I do sometimes is I will listen to guided meditations as I fall asleep, hoping mm -hmm. that they kind of penetrate my subconscious as I'm falling into sleep. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like you should keep recording things like that because I'll listen to them for sure. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I've got just a couple more questions for you. These are questions that I pretty much ask everybody. I just might tweak them based on who I'm speaking to. These are the audacious advice questions. Oh. So first of all, what does audacity mean to you? Mm. Audacity to me means um, being bold and making big requests that are aligned to your, uh, to your truth. Uh, being courageous enough to know what your truth is and bold enough to go out there and, and get it. I love that. And I specifically like the big requests. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> if there's one thing that you wish you knew growing up, what was it? What would it be? I think just how... Um, how, how special I am and how um, lovable I am um, and how um, I am my own best friend and I would um, feel more safe in my relationship to myself and the power of it uh, versus looking for confirmation from the external world of these things. Um, and, uh, you know, to... To, to, to know that I'm divinely guided and so supported 
um, you know, that the universe is really here for my highest good if I allow myself to see it and trusting that. Yeah. That's a really hard thing to do. That's something that I always try to remind myself of that, like at the end of the day, even if something shitty is happening, it has to be for my greater good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What is one thing that has helped you build confidence? Um, I think getting more in touch with my body and, and the messages I receive, like I, I do believe in, in that gut intelligence. Um, and that's just made me really confident in my, my stance and um, in feeling grounded and anchored while also being open and free and understanding the importance of it all. Um, but but um, that's given me confidence as well as um, giving myself permission, permission to live my life, to speak, to share my truth and to not be in a space of fear of like what's someone thinking about me in this expression, just like owning it. And then knowing that uh, who's ever meant to receive my messages will and if it's not for them, they can fall away, but like not to be afraid what people who are not for me, what those people think of me. It's just a decision. You know, it's like one tiny little thing at a time. I'm going to click that Zoom link, right? I'm going to show up in that Zoom call. I'm going to put the video on. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have this conversation, even if I'm nervous or anxious or scared that somebody might not like what I have to say. Right. Yeah. It's just that one little action after the other. And slowly that becomes confidence. Slowly that becomes easier to do those little actions to where you don't even have to think about them anymore. Yeah. 100%. How do we create more opportunity for women in the business world? I really think it's community. I think it's sharing mm -hmm. and again, making requests. So asking things of others for support um, and feeling the resonance in yourself as well to like want to connect and support others too. Yep. Um, and I think the more and more we know ourselves, the more opportunities and people that are aligned or mirrors of that show up for us. And we can deeply feel it like, oh, wow, this is for me. This is, this is a client I want to work with. You know? That reminds me of niching down in marketing, right? Like it's so important that you get uber specific in who you're speaking to and what your message is, right? When you're marketing. But I think it's the same thing when you are getting more authentic in what you believe and what's important to you and what you're here to do, you know, that when that happens, the people can like the people around you can resonate with that more strongly because it's that much more specific and clear, yes. right? When you're less clear on who you are, what's important to you, it's unclear to everybody else as well. So people, they're not really attracted to you because they don't even know, they don't know who you are, what you stand for. But once yeah. you start getting clear for that yourself, people just like a magnet. Isn't that incredible? Mm. Um, they say even with writing that, um, you know, the more generic you are uh, thinking you're going to appeal to everyone, the more you appeal to no one. Yeah. But the more you describe the, like the specificities and all the little tiny details, as much as they're so clear and 
um, probably not what the other person resonates with by the clarity and the preciseness, everyone resonates with it. Yeah. Last one. What is your biggest, most audacious goal going forward? Hmm. I love hearing these. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm very much on the journey of my own expansion. Um, So I I don't have the future mapped out, but I just know that I'm going to be challenging myself in all the moments to just really think like the way I've leveled up this last year, what does that look, you know, times 10, (laughs) like, what does that continue to grow and uh, to be and knowing that the, the sky is the limit, like, you know, there is no limit. There is no limit because hello, we're going to Mars. So, and we've got the metaverse. So literally there is no limit anymore. (laughs) Exactly. Alternate realities, dimensions, the whole Uh thing. Other universes. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Exactly. Well, you have done so much just in the last, what, like two years. You have changed your life so much for the better. You have like created all of these new possibilities for yourself and for everybody around you that like in the next, I don't know, five years, I can't imagine what's, I I literally can't even imagine what's going to happen. You're probably going to like, you're probably going to charter a private jet. I'm going to be on it. Yes, you are. (laughs) And I don't know where we're going to go to the metaverse on a private jet somehow. I don't know. (laughs) I'm into it. (laughs) Yeah, let's do that. That sounds good. That sounds like it it makes sense. (laughs) It makes sense to me for sure. Me too. too. Um, Okay. Well, before we get out of here, please tell everybody how they can find you. Sure. Sure. Well, uh, you can check me out on Instagram. Handle is city in the playa. Um, I also have a website that just kind of goes through a sort of splash page, building that up over time. Um, I do have a show called Chats with Artists and Healers that I host uh, periodically on Instagram. I also host a couple of workshops. One is uh, Authentic You, and another one is Showing Up Powerfully as Your Authentic Truth. Uh, Both of those are free workshops that I cycle through. So if you follow me on Instagram, um, you can totally tune in and check one of them out. Um, And then this summer, I'm going to be actually starting an unblock artist challenge. It's going to be like a 10 day formulated around the artist way. So take a look for that as well. I am going to put the links to all of these things in the show notes. So everybody's going to be able to find them very easily. That's really exciting. Steph, thank you so much for coming on today. It was such a pleasure to talk with you and go more in depth about all these things. And a lot of it, like I remember meeting in our circle 11 meetings and like kind of touching on these things, but we didn't really go super deep on them or we didn't, it was pieces, you know? So like, it was cool today to have the whole picture, you know, that was really nice. So I'm really happy for you for everything that you have created in the last couple of years. It's amazing. Thanks so much, Mel. It's such a a pleasure to be here with you and be a guest on your show. You're one of my expanders. You know, you're a huge inspiration to me in terms of what you've been able to create, uh, manifesting Mel. So, (laughs) you know, I really thank you for like your contributions to me and allowing me to see a bigger vision for myself as well. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. And, and I am also very grateful for you because you're always there for our meetings and you're always pushing us to meet, which is amazing. And every time we meet, I do feel so inspired. Everything you're doing, I feel so inspired by the fact that you've bought these two properties. I'm like, 
oh, I got to get moving. I got to do more stuff. Like I got to catch up. <laughs> so same thing. Thank you so much for keeping me inspired. Oh, thanks, Mal. You're welcome. Um, happy birthday. Thank you. You're welcome. Enjoy ayahuasca tonight and tomorrow. Enjoy your crazy, amazing party. I cannot wait to see pictures. Well, I'm sure we'll be linking up soon, whether it's in Miami or here. You know, I actually also have a friend. They're about to move to Playa del Carmen. Ooh. Now I have the three of you there. Cool. The universe is like, hello, what are you waiting for? Get over here. I'll be there soon. Hey, maybe I'll see you on the ayahuasca journey sometime. Yeah, you'll have to go with me. You're going to be my ayahuasca mentor. (laughs) I can handle that. Good, good. Number six, here we come. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) All right, Steph, we'll have a great day. Thank you so much for doing this. So good to see you. Great to see you. And I do have more energy now. So thank you. Good, yeah, me too. I feel great. (laughs) Okay, lady. All right, talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Bye. so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. I just find ayahuasca, plant medicine, breath work, all of these things so exciting. I also notice a pattern, at least with me, where in a lot of these episodes I have mentioned hiding. I've mentioned, you know, stepping into that room as your full self and not being ashamed or not being embarrassed or not being insecure. And so I think that this is really a great question of where in my life am I hiding? Even in our relationships, even in our friendships, even in our businesses, how are we hiding? Um, This is something that I'm gonna ask myself and I'm gonna journal about it and I hope that you do the same. If this episode or any of the others has brought anything up for you, any discoveries or aha moments, I would really, really love to hear about it. You can email me at hello at audaciousfounder.com or you can leave me a five-star review, which would be amazing. Um, If you did like this episode, please, please, please share it with your friends, subscribe to the podcast, share it on Instagram. Um, And if you haven't done so already, please follow me on Instagram at audaciousfounder. I am so honored to have you as a listener. Thank you and stay audacious.